Hmm. All right. Good evening, everyone. Um, so uh, before I get started with tonight's class, uh, a quick announcement about the next two weeks. Um, I'll also send this out in an email, but since the regulars are here, I thought X. Um, so next week at Williams is finals week, and they have this tradition here um, of hosting something called super stress busters, um, kind of events that are, you know, as the name suggests, intended to help students relax. Um, usually there's like good food, um, maybe, you know, comfort dogs, the pet, you know, stuff like this. So in that category, I'm actually offering a body scan um, that's meant to be a way to relax the body and mind. Um, and it, we have reserved the main Goodrich Hall for this. Um, and we'll have yoga mats and stuff like that. It's Office of Campus Life that's doing it. Um, it so it's not gonna be a traditional class. It's just gonna be a guided meditation um, that, um, I don't know, they're cooking up something like maybe mood lighting. I don't know. <laughs> they will have nature sounds in the background. I'm not sure. Something that's um, meant to be fun and relaxing. So for those of you who are online, um, I'm going to have the stream set up so that if you feel like having a relaxing body scan next Tuesday evening at the usual time, feel free to, to, to zoom in. But it just I just want you to know that it won't be a regular class. Um, but anyone who wants to do um, a body scan is welcome. Just um, bear with us. I'm sure like all events like this, it won't start anything like on time, you know, it'll probably be, but we'll have a, you, you'll be able to see what's going on in the space. And um, so, um, so if you are interested in like something like that, students who are here, please come, but also um, please tell your friends. I'm sure there'll be some kind of advertising they'll go out about this, but um, I think it might be nice actually for there to be like a sense of community around this too. You know, people, a lot of people sort of settling their bodies at the same time. Um, the week after, campus will be closed or closing down, if not closed. So class will only be on Zoom on, on that next Tuesday. Um, so, and then, and then I'll be off for the Christmas holiday while I visit my parents. Okay. Um, but all this will be an email. There's really no need to, to, to remember all this, but I just wanted to give people a heads up that this scheduling stuff will come. Okay, so the topic tonight is um, mindfulness of breathing. It is one of the core foundational practices in Buddhism. There are many, many different traditions of Buddhism across the world, many different flavors of Buddhism, styles. But one thing all of them have in common is the practice of mindfulness of breathing. It is a core practice. And it is, um, it's just actually like one of the most wonderful practices. Um, the breath is a place that we can come home to no matter where we are, as long as we are alive, the breath is with us. And um, so, whether or not we've been practicing for no time at all. Some of you, this may be the first time you're meditating or whether if some of us have been practicing for decades, but no matter how long we've been doing this, mindfulness of breathing 
doesn't get old. We never, we never um, go beyond the need for it. Um, so tonight I want to spend um, the time introducing or reintroducing as the case may be various ways of being mindful of the breath. Um, because depending on our state of mind, depending on our experience with meditation, different methods may work better than others. Um, and so I want to introduce people to a variety. We'll give each one a try and um, just stow each of them away in your back pocket um, to pull out um, from time to time. Um, so um, I think uh, before we get into the first one, I think I'll just say a few words about how to understand the place of mindfulness of breathing in the broader picture of Buddhist practice. I think um, really what the core of what the Buddha saw upon his enlightenment um, is uh, like the way the mind works, the way um, thoughts, feelings, sensations are knitted together so as to produce this sense of self that we all take for granted. Um, and seeing in deeply into its nature, seeing how one thought leads to another, one sensation leads to another, how this chain of thoughts and sensations and feelings um, produce the solid sense of ego or self. Seeing deeply into that nature, he became freed of this illusion of selfhood saw through it and, and realized that he was much bigger, that we are all much bigger than the sense of self that we usually identify with. So we have a sense of self that we use to inhabit the world, a sense of self is necessary, but um, we are so much more than that as well. Um, and that in particular, the separation that we feel between ourselves and the natural world with other sentient beings is actually an illusion that where we feel there is separation, there's actually interconnectedness. Um, and so the kind of practice or method that enabled the Buddha to realize this is um, mindfulness of thought, mindfulness of the body. Um, and it's a kind of deep form of awareness where he could just see into the nature of consciousness, see into its true nature. That kind of awareness is really, I think, the essence of what Buddhism is about. Um, mindfulness of breathing, other forms of concentration practice already existed when the Buddha was born. They had existed for probably centuries in the area of Northern India where he grew up. But he practiced them, refined them, and then added this other layer of insight practice 
mindfulness into thoughts that enabled him to have the kind of realization that I just described. Um, and um, so the issue is that, and or the challenge is bringing this kind of awareness to our thoughts requires a certain level of concentration because for most of us, the mind is jumping all over the place all the time, right? We have difficulty focusing on anything for that long of a time. And so the kind of sustained concentration necessary to see into how one thought leads to another, right? How an impulse leads to an action, right? How a belief leads to an emotion, right? To see at a granular level, how this thing that we experience as self is actually composed of this train of thoughts requires a level of concentration, which is quite intense, you can imagine, right? Because for us, it's like a film, you know, films are actually made of different frames, but because they move quickly enough, there is the illusion of continuity. That's actually a very good metaphor, if an anachronistic one, for what the Buddha dis discovered about the human mind and the human self. What we think of as continuous is actually made up of many different discrete component parts, but they flow so quickly that it gives us a sense that it's just one thing, right? One sense of self. And so to slow down the real, to see this thought, that impulse, that emotion, how pain leads to fear, leads to anger, leads to action, right? That requires a certain kind of laser-like concentration. And this is one of the reasons why mindfulness of breathing is so important, because it's one of the places where we develop the kind of concentration that if we then train on the mind, can start to give us the kind of insights that the Buddha had into the nature of who we are, who we really are. Um, so I just wanted to put that into the practice that we're gonna to do tonight into context. It is a core and foundational practice, but it's only part of the picture, but it is such an important part because without some level of concentration developed through following the breath, if we are trying to try to bring our awareness to the flow of thoughts, we'll probably just get swept away. You know, we'll just, we'll just get lost in thought or we won't be able to see much with enough clarity for there to be any kind of actual insight produced. Um, so this practice that we're gonna do tonight is um, something that's worth developing at some length when you begin your journey into meditation, but it's something important to continue to cultivate and maintain no matter how long you've been practicing meditation for. So it's in no way a beginner's practice, um, even though it's something I think especially important for beginners to spend a lot of time focusing on. So, um, There are a handful of different ways I'm gonna describe how to be mindful of the breath. So just let's just go through them in turn, okay? So please get into a comfortable position. 
And I think um, this is always true, but especially because we are attending to the breath, it's important that your breath be able to move freely. So you're, you want your body to be upright, or you could be lying flat on the ground. You want your back to be straight and not hunched over so that your belly and chest can expand freely as you breathe in and out. In some ways, actually, the posture of lying down is perhaps the best for breathing. The only downside is it's a lot easier to fall asleep when you're lying down. So, um, so that's, I think, why it's not traditionally recommended. But feel free to lie down if, if that works for you. And before we begin the practice of mindfulness of breathing itself, I think just take a few slow, deep breaths, breathing deeply in through the nose, feeling your entire upper body fill up with air. And as you exhale, breathe out slowly through your slightly open mouth. And let the out breath be drawn out nice and slow. Let's just take a few of these deep breaths to settle the body. And also, as you're breathing in and out, I think you can feel how the back, the spine lengthen as you inhale. And so this is also a good way to make some final adjustments to your posture. It's not just to settle, it's not just to relax, but really like imagine or just feel the spine lengthening as you inhale deeply. And we can go through an entire day of work and never once take a really good deep breath. And so it's why it's worth doing intentionally, um, at least when we begin to meditate. But now that we've taken some good, long, deep breaths, let your breath now come and go freely at its own rhythm and depth, no longer artificially lengthening the breath. And if you haven't already done so, close your mouth so that your breath is moving in and out through your nose alone. And bring your awareness now to the inside of your nostrils the soft tissue, especially at the very tip of your nose, the place where your breath enters and exits your body. And even though the sensations there may be very subtle at first, park your awareness there at the tip of your nose and the inside of the tip of your nose and feel the physical sensations produced there 
as your breath enters and exits your body. And if the sensations are subtle, perhaps so subtle that it's even hard to discern them, don't worry. Over time, and quite naturally, without having to force it, those sensations become clearer and more vivid. Just let them be subtle, vague for now, if that's how they feel. Can you feel how when you breathe in, the sensations here feel cooler than when you breathe out? So while you keep most of your awareness on the sensations of the breath here inside the tip of your nose. I'm gonna offer you a verse to recite synchronized with the breath. It's a very simple phrase that's intended to help us concentrate on the breath. Breathing in, I know I'm breathing in. Breathing out, I know I'm breathing out. Just silently say these phrases to yourself, synchronize with the breath. Breathing in, I know I'm breathing in. Breathing out, I know I'm breathing out. At least 50% of your awareness should maintain, should stay on the sensations of the breath. Perhaps even 75% of your awareness. The phrase is just intended to help the mind stay focused on the breathing. If the mind ever pulls you away, if you get lost in thought for a moment or two, just return to the sensations of the breath and to the verses.
Now I'm going to offer you a slight modification of these verses. One suggested by the Vietnamese Zen teacher Thich Nhat Hanh. Breathing in, I know I'm breathing in. Breathing out, I calm body and mind. Breathing in, I know I'm breathing in. Breathing out, I calm body and mind. Now try, instead of saying the fairly long phrases that we've been using, try just saying breathing in and breathing out, or perhaps just in and out. So shortening the phrases. These are better. They're not more advanced options. It's just different options to try to see which ones feel best for you. Just breathing in and breathing out or in and out. And remember the primary object of focus are the sensations of the breath in the nose. The phrases are just meant to help us stay focused on those sensations. Okay, that's good for this first sort of round of methods. So um, the long phrase, breathing in, I know I'm breathing in, breathing out, I know I'm breathing out. Um, this is called a gatha, which is um, just the Pali word for verse. So, um, uh, and 
Honestly, I find it a really um, wonderful thing to do for a few minutes um, when I'm beginning a sitting sometimes, because the, when the mind is spinning, giving the mind something to think about, a phrase sort of like gives it something to do, you know? Um, it doesn't by any means totally quiet the mind or stop the mind, but it just gives the mind something to chew on as it were. Um, and it keeps helps keep one on task. So um, later on, when I open the floor for uh, comments and questions, I'd just be interested to hear how people found that experience. I, I think one can mistakenly think that, oh, because it's so kind of like, it's, it may sound like a beginner practice, but actually I don't think it is that at all. Um, and this is actually the way that um, the Buddha talked about mindfulness of breathing in, in the early sutras where he describes this practice. He asked his monks to use phrases uh, like when I breathe in a long breath, I know I'm breathing in a long breath. When I breathe in a short breath, I know I'm breathing in a short breath. Um, so, um, so I think clearly he understood that practice would move beyond these phrases at some point, but way back then he understood this to be a very effective method. So, um, so anyway, I want to put that out there as one possibility that I have found very effective, very useful. Um, the next sort of batch of methods, um, well, the two, the two methods I'm gonna offer now are breath counting and then um, a kind of, a method that actually is used by um, the Tibetan teacher Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche. Uh, so one of the core practices that he taught is called Shamatha Vipassana, sort of calm abiding insight practice. And it basically involves just following the breath in this way while being mindful of thoughts. But there was a certain innovation that he offered that I thought was actually really um, like useful. It's a small modification but I think some of you may find it useful in the way that I did. Um, so it just involves following the exhalation, focusing on the exhalation, and then in particular, noting the kind of brief pause that happens between the end of one exhalation and the beginning of an inhalation. But, and this is really the key, well, that's, that, that noting kind of pause is actually very powerful, but then also not following the in-breath, um, just letting the in-breath happen as a reflex. And, and when, when the in-breath is happening, just be openly aware, just sit there, be openly aware, you know, just like feel the body, listen to sounds, just, just be aware in a much more open way. Um, and then when the next exhalation begins, attend very carefully to the sensations of the exhalation, feel the pause before the inhalation, and then stop focusing on the breath momentarily, let the inhalation just happen naturally, and then follow the next exhalation. Um, the reason I find this very helpful, and this may or may not resonate with all of you, but one of the things that I think a lot of people notice when you start following the breath is that it's really, really hard not to try to control the breath. 
you know, you, you, you almost feel like, God, like when, you know, when you hear the instruction, just breathe naturally, let the breath come and go at its own natural rhythm and pace, right? Don't control it. You think that would be really easy to do. And yet it's surprisingly hard. Um, and one of the insights that I think we get when we begin a practice like this can be the insight that we actually are almost constantly manipulating or controlling our breathing. And when you, when you actually think about it, we may be spending most of our waking hours in some way carrying tension in the muscles that are responsible for breathing because we're constantly kind of managing our breath. And you know that, that the image of a, a, a baby who has the belly that's just hanging out and just breathing so freely, it's like a distant romantic you know, like image for us. Like, oh my God, yeah. Um, and I think it's one of the reasons we love seeing babies because they feel like so natural at home in their bodies. And I think for many of us, that is not even a memory. It's so distant, it's not even a memory, right? Um, so this practice is not gonna, of course, like make that happen naturally, but I think it's particularly useful for people who feel like, oh, wow, yeah, I'm really controlling my breath. And so that, that experience of letting go when the inhalation happens, just like, is I think helps us get the feel for just allowing the breath to move in its own way. Okay, so, um, so let's, let's try this. And then actually I realize I'm gonna do the breath counting separately because it's, it's different enough. So we'll do this for a few minutes and give it a try. So um, just begin again by, Bring your awareness to the sensations of the breath in the nose. And now that we've been doing this breath following for a little while, just let your awareness of the sensations of the breath become ever more granular. I think it's easy to just follow the breath in a kind of abstract, kind of distant way, oh yeah, there's a breath. But see if you can really feel all the granular changes in the sensations in your nostrils throughout the course of an exhalation. How the beginning, the middle and the outbreath and the end of the outbreath feel different, subtly different. And notice the feeling of that pause when the exhalation is over and yet before the inhalation has begun. And as the inhalation begins, just let the breath come in naturally while you just feel the body sitting here. And then begin again to follow the breath as you breathe out again. So we'll do this for a few minutes.
The final instruction for the practice of shamatha vipassana is when thoughts carry away, just say thinking and then come back to the breath. So there's one extra step when you're pulled away by thoughts, no matter what kind of thought it is, just say thinking to yourself to note that you've been thinking and come back to the breath. So now I'm gonna introduce breath counting into this practice. I realize there's no need to pause. We can keep the continuity going. So the only thing to do now is when you follow the exhalation, count the breath. So for the first breath, count one to yourself. And the next breath, two, all the way up to five. And when you get to five, start back at one. There are two different ways to count and I would encourage you to experiment with both. You can count just using one number for each breath, one, two. Some people like repeating gently the number a few times as you breathe out. So something like this, one, 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 two, two, two. And then if you lose the count, you don't make it to five before you get lost in thought and completely lose track of the breath. Just begin back at one. You don't get any prize for making it to five. So don't worry without any judgment, just go back to one and start over if you lose the count. So let's try this for a few minutes, just counting the breath while keeping everything else the same. Just counting the out breaths, not the in breath.
Okay, that's good for this round. We just have one more round to go. This feels like a workout or something. <laughs> um, um, one more circuit, circuit training. All right. Um, so one interesting thing to reflect on just before this, this round um, recedes from memory is whether or not the breath, the counting helped. You know, um, I think uh, just in the way that the verses might've helped with the first round, right? Um, I think it's, it gives the mind something to do. Some of you may be curious about why I picked the number five since the number 10 is obviously much more traditional. Um, and actually this is an innovation that I, I picked up from Ezra Beta recently. He realized, you know, it's like, yeah, 10 is traditional, but it's so demoralizing when you can never make it to 10. <laughs> so um, why not just, you know, give yourself a little treat. You can make it to five, you know? And um, so uh, if, you, if you prefer, you can use 10. There's no, there's, I don't think any difference. It's just, um, it can be nice to once in a while actually get to the target number because when you, when you pick 10 as a number, I, let me tell you, there are many, many sittings where I've never made it to 10. <laughs> um, of course, there are times where I've got to 27 because I stopped, <laughs> I, stopped I forget to, forget to go back to one. I just lost track in a totally different way. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, so the final um, round is just simply following the sensations of the breath alone nothing else, no focusing on exhalation or inhalation, um, just nothing but single pointed attention to sensations on the inside of the nose. Um, I also add now that there is no reason it has to be the nose. Um, I have a reason for suggesting it tonight, which I'll explain, but feeling the rise and fall of the chest or the movement of the belly are also traditional places to follow the breath. The reason I picked the nose is because of that issue of manipulating the breath. When you bring your awareness to the chest or the belly, you're also bringing your awareness to sections of your body that have a lot of muscles, you know? And so I think for a lot of people, bring awareness to a part of the body um, can also be accompanied by an almost involuntary or unconscious tightening up of the muscles that are in that area. Um, and so uh, that's the only reason that I picked the nose because there just isn't that issue up here. You know, um, doesn't mean we can't manipulate the breath when it's in the nose, when we're focusing on the nose, but it's not, I think it's, 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 it seems to me much easier much more likely to manipulate the breath when you're focusing on the belly or the chest. But if that is not an issue for you, or if for some other reason, the belly or the chest feels like a more natural place to follow the breath, no reason not to do it. Okay. Um, so I think um, the, the only thing I wanna say before we try following the breath in the nose in this single-minded way is, um, is just something about the challenge of being focused on just one thing, which is not something that we actually have a lot of practice doing, you know. Um, um, I don't know, some of you may have already experienced this, but it can sometimes feel effortful 
to try to focus on one thing, you know, like, like just feel, just feeling the, the, the breath in the nose. And it can, it, like the mind, sometimes even the body can kind of tighten up a little bit as it's trying to do that. But um, see if you can feel your way as you stay focused on the breath into a more relaxed kind of focus or attention that isn't so effortful. If you notice that there's this kind of tightening up of the mind or the body as you try to stay focused on the sensations of the breath, see if you can actually let some of that tension just go and, and actually just keep turning to the sensations themselves and try to see the ways in which that effort is actually a distraction. You know, the effort is actually extra. Um, it can actually start to even distract you from the breath itself. You get so caught up in your effort to stay focused on the breath. Um, also, you'll notice that when you follow the breath, it's not that you don't hear sounds in your environment or feel sensations in other parts of the body. The focus on the breath isn't meant to be this kind of narrow, exclusive focus where you lose consciousness of everything else. Um, you can, there are other things happening. In fact, you might even notice that somewhere there are thoughts happening, you know, too, like the brain's still doing its thing. Suzuki Roshi, who wrote this wonderful book called Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, had the cha a chapter called Control. Um, and it was about the kind of control that's important for meditation practice. And he said something, an image that it's always stuck with me. It's like, it's really wonderful. He said, if you have an unruly herd of cows, the best way to control them is to give them a wider pasture. You know, just give them more space in which to move. And that to me has always been a very like wonderful, vivid image of the kind of control or effort that we wanna bring when we're concentrating on something like the breath. It's not about tightening everything, but actually giving everything else more room so that you're not so thrown off. If it's tight focus, it's very easy then just like, if it's your focus like this and it's easy for it to go like, oh, and like move like this. But if it's a wider spectrum focus where the breath is at the center of it, then you know that there are other things happening like in the peripheral vision of your attention, so to speak, but they don't pull you away. You know, it's like if you're trying to focus on a person across the street, um, you can notice that there are cars, you know, going by, there's like bird sound over here, but you just stay focused on that person. You know, it's the same idea. It's, you can big a wider container allows you to maintain awareness of whatever it is you want to maintain awareness without being thrown off balance. So um, it's, it's a softer, less effortful, less tight. These are all metaphors, but they're just ways I'm trying to like get, give people a, a feel for the kind of attention that is good to bring to this practice. So let's try this for like five minutes or so, um, and then we'll talk a bit, okay? Okay, cool. So once again, settle into your posture and bring your awareness to the sensations in your nose as you breathe. And for this round, see if you can just feel every itty bitty subtle change in the sensations in your nose 
throughout the course of each in-breath and out-breath, including any pauses that may happen between out-breath and in-breath. By this time of the evening, we've been sitting for a while and you may now be feeling some discomfort in the body. And just as I was talking about giving the cows a bigger pasture, let the sensations of discomfort be there as part of your awareness, but at the center of your awareness, stay tuned in to the breath. Another way I like to think about this practice is see how intimate you can become with the breath. Can you maintain constant contact with the sensations of the breath, not losing touch for a moment with the breath?
Okay. That's good for tonight's practice. Wow. Time got away from me. I didn't realize it's 8.25. Um, who knew? Um, so, um, so we did, we use verses, we did breath counting, and we did just um, kind of simple awareness of sensations. I just would, if anyone has any thoughts, responses, questions, please, we'd love to hear them. And also any difficulties you have too, because, you know, even if it's, it can be really helpful for other people to hear how other people are experiencing things, you know? Oh yeah, please. Wonderful. Um, so, so the people on zoom can hear, can you speak into the mic here? Um, Will, can you? <laughs> um, hi, my name is Konana. It's my first time coming here. Um, I have a habit of like overthinking and I suffer from anxiety. And so like the phrase like breathing in, I know I'm breathing in and breathing out. I know I'm breathing out. Like as I was trying to like focus on breathing, but other things are constantly like coming into my mind. But then like saying that phrase really helped me to actually concentrate on the breathing or at least the phrase. And then concentrating on the phrase allowed me to also concentrate on my breathing. So yeah, that really helped. Thank you, that's wonderful. Wonderful to hear that and wonderful to have you here, yeah. I remember for years, I thought those phrases were just, you know, so basic. I didn't want to do them, you know, and I just, I just come to appreciate them so much in recent years. And I just, I was such a jerk when I was younger. There's someone here, hold on. Um, hi, I'm Yildana. Um, I was for several sessions when it was at Tasha's Yoga, but it's first time I'm here. Um, the difficulty I had is that while I was trying to focus on breathing, I kept forgetting to breathe for some reason. Like I'm bre breathing and then I'm thinking that I'm breathing. And at some point I realized that I, I didn't breathe. Like, and it, it's just like very difficult when I'm thinking about breathing. And it's like, I saw this joke, like tell your friends, like worry about your breathing and then they're going to have trouble breathing afterwards. And I'm having like, I have the same thing that I, when I think about breathing, it's difficult to breathe afterwards. So I don't know. It, it, that's really interesting. I, it's actually, it's not the first time I've heard that. And I think, um, you know, it's like when we bring consciousness to something, anything, it can make us self-conscious about it, right? And and make what, what should be natural seem slightly unnatural, right? And um, 
I, it will just, it will, it will, I think, resolve itself over time, you know? Um, um, and I think not getting too worried about it might be the right attitude. Um, I also, I also want to say that no matter how much concentration anyone was able to achieve tonight, this is one of those things, you know, I don't usually use the metaphor of meditation as like exercise or like, you know, like exercising a muscle, but when it comes to concentration, it really is. It's something that can improve with practice. So um, it's not, no one just has a natural knack for this. Wherever you start, it will get much easier to do. And it's kind of a, it's, it's so wonderful to have the ability to not get swept away by thoughts. You know, it's just, um, so it's a gift that you can give yourself, but it takes some time. Yeah. Good to see you again, Yolanda. Yeah. Okay. One, one more student here, um, and then maybe that'll be good. Abby. Hi, I don't know if anyone else struggles with this, but I mean, I've meditated for a while already, but my, I think one of my biggest struggles is falling asleep or just almost falling asleep while I'm doing this. I think, especially um, like, I remember the counting one. Um, it reminds me of one time I had surgery and I had to be put on an anesthesia and they're like, count back from 10. And then before you reach one, you're out. And <laughs> so like, I mean, it might, might just because be because I stayed up kind of late, like doing homework last night, but it's just so easy for me to just drift off when I'm, cause I mean, I guess it's, it's good because I'm relaxing, but I also don't want to just fall asleep when I'm meditating. So, yeah. Bren, I know you can relate. <laughs> No, it's, it's, I mean, also Abby, this is like not an ideal hour. It's seven 30. It's like an hour after you guys have had dinner, right? It was, we're all tired. Um, it's just the time that we can do this class. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I um, you're, I, I, I think many of us can relate. <laughs> um, and just, you know, I think Ideally, we practice these methods at some other time of the day. And so once in a while, hopefully when you come, it won't be so, you won't be so sleepy. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I don't think there's anything we can really do about it, honestly. <laughs> We're human and you're also an overtired college student human. So, yeah. So. Okay, it's 8, 8.32. Um, so I think I just... Um, yeah, I just it's it's wonderful to see everyone here, and um, yeah, so nice to see all the people on Zoom. It's like I, I can't wait till those who are in the area can come back in in person, and um, I'm just feeling a, a lot of gratitude right now. So it's good to see everyone. All right, okay. Um, so see some of you next week at the body scan. Um, it won't be a class; it'll just be a, a guided meditation, and then um, just. Look forward to next time. I see you. See everyone. Okay. All right. Good night, everyone. Thank you, Bernie.